This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. Hello and uh, welcome to episode... Jesus Christ, 26, 26, uh, 26. of the dog days. We've, uh, we've passed the quarter century moment. It's, um, it's always four seconds. It's always supposed to be a five second wait, but you always, you can't get that last second. I just don't want to do it. I want to dive in. I want to dive Good. straight eager. in. Eager, eager yeah, beaver. Eager from the ego. Um, yeah, and today we are joined by the CEO of Alan Carr Easy Way, Mr. John Dicey. Uh, John, firstly, hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you very how, much was, how was the travel here? Did you expect the studio to look like it would inside from the outside? <laughs> yeah, well, years and years ago, I used to be in um, bands and so I'm quite used to sort of a studio setup. Ooh. So this kind of looks um, pretty much much better than the sort of place I used to hang around. Oh, really? What <laughs> yeah, type so of bands? What, what bands were you in? Oh, awful. Pretty, pretty quick. I mean, was that had, the name of the band? <laughs> it should have been. I mean, we had no musical talent at all, just sort of always. My heroes were sort of people like, like the police and the jam and the clash yeah. and that sort of thing, going back in a long time, as you can tell. Um, I just really wanted to have a go at that. And um, so myself and a couple of mates who didn't, also didn't have any musical talent started up, and um, <laughs> we just had a great laugh. And because I was always sort of quite a go-getter, I mean, within three months of forming, I got us a gig, um, just a local place, Um and sold so many tickets that we headlined this little gig, and it was a night nightmare because we just wouldn't, we weren't very good. <laughs> uh, but um, so for your first gig, you sold out. Yeah, we we, we, <laughs> we did the out. hard bit by the sounds of it. Yeah, we we, we packed it out with our mates, so we got away with it. All right, right. But, um, <laughs> but no, there was, and we just had great fun. And yeah. um, just just quickly, were you a singer or? A... Yeah, or well, very badly. Yeah. Uh, um, bass player who couldn't really play the bass guitar and a singer who couldn't really sing. I, I thought of myself as a, a great songwriter. Nice. Mm. I mean, they're okay. You know, okay. But, oh, you look back on it now. There's a couple of good ones there, but that's about it. But um, we just had a great time with it. And eventually I ended up in a band with a couple of guys who really could play. Bono. No, I not And that was good fun. But we, even then we never got into a, a proper recording studio wow. until um, about 10 years ago, actually. And I bumped into the old lead guitarist having not met him for 25 years. And um, decided to do a couple of unplugged things down in my, oh, wow. my spare room down the bottom of the garden. And um, he drove it, really. And we ended up going into a studio then and recording the album that we never properly... That's awesome. You know, so that was, there you go. Well, what we'll do at the end of this, rather than plug your books, we'll put the link in the band in yeah. if you want to follow us. <laughs> Not too late. Um, <laughs> you don't want to upset all your listeners, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure you won't. So if you if you are wondering um, who John Dicey is, John uh, is the CEO and also, well, God, you've been working there for 21 years now at Alan Carr Easy Way. And if you are wondering if I'm talking about the man with thick framed glasses <laughs> and a rather camp accent, that's not that Alan Carr. Um, it's the Alan Carr that created something that I've personally used um, in order to give up smoking. Uh, and by the sounds of things, it's not just smoking that these guys do. So they cover everything from cannabis to alcohol to sugar to heroin and most recently to tech, because I guess these are all things that people are now becoming um, irrationally addicted to. I'd say the Alan Carr method is the most legendary quitting method, I, I think, in the in the world. I think when I link, think back to everything my family has really? spoke about when they've quit, it's always the Alan Carr method. It's always Alan Carr method. Yeah, yeah. Well, without, without further ado, because I think um, I, I, my experience has been amazing and I, I went along on the day and I had this lady called Colleen that, um, that was my Alan Carr shaman call that. <laughs> uh, and she was amazing and, and I've never kind of A, seen somebody so articulate and brilliant in what they do uh, but B, so successfully convincing um, but John, perhaps you could take us through 
your story into the easy way? Yeah, sure. It was um, it was really simple, a little a little corny, really. I was a a, a smoker, um, a chain smoker, which uh, I don't think you meet many of those today. Um, you didn't meet many of those back in the day, but I was, I'd smoke 80 a day. 80 cigarettes yeah. a day? I started smoking when I was about 14, 13, 14. Um, and just um, got worse and worse and worse, really. I sort of didn't start on 80 a day. And I tried loads of different ways to stopping smoking. Mm. So um, at the time, there was nicotine patches and gum around, so I tried those, acupuncture. Uh, herbal remedies, sort of Chinese remedies, all these kind of, any, any, I try anything, you know. Uh, there was a, uh, a shock treatment at one point where... Oh, my uh, God, the electric it, thing. No, no, th- thankfully not. I, I, would, yeah. I would have signed up for it. I was um, a guy you know, shouting at me about smoking, showing me sort of photos of smokers' lungs, and I thought, I couldn't wait to get out and have a cigarette. You know? wow. <laughs> sort of. Um, so um, I'd almost sort of, well, I had given up trying to quit, and um, uh, heard about Alan Carr, well, my wife did, and um, she was a girlfriend at the time, and and she was a non-smoker. So you imagine, bless her, she was living with me, and I was a chain smoker. And um, she she said, "Why don't you give it a go?" So I said, "Look, I'll give I'll give, I'll give it a go on the basis that if it doesn't work, you don't hassle me about smoking again for at least twelve months. Right. So I'll get a pass on the whole smoking thing." And um, the money back guarantee was called the life seminars had this money back guarantee, so you literally you can't lose. So. Thought I'd give it away. I honestly went in there thinking it's going to be a waste of time, but at least mm. I'll get my money back and I'll be able to smoke in peace and quiet for a while, <laughs> you know. Um, and um, and and that was that. That was in Rains Park, SW20, Alan's original um, centre. Mm. And um, even throughout the seminar, I sort of thought, well, this is it's interesting, and I've never looked at it that way, but I don't think it's going to be yet. Uh, effective or whatever. And I walked, walked out of there, and as I left the building, I was still convinced it wasn't, wasn't going to work. Um, expecting to light up. Um, well, you threw cigarettes on a pile at the end, mm. and 20 yards down the road, I thought, blimey, I, th- I might be all right, you know. A bit unusual for yeah. me. Um, so I thought I'd give it a go and see how I got on. And that was that. I mean, as I say, it's a bit corny. So was that the last time you smoked? Yeah, yeah, so wow. it was 97... Uh, 1997. So uh, it's, it's mad. And, and this is 90%. Success. There's a, the success rate, even though there is a money-back guarantee, if you take up smoking within a year, you can have your money back or whatever, yeah. it's still 90% successful. Yeah. Which is, I, I think, that's amazing. And, and it's funny, Colleen said when I was in the, the session, she was like, I know that a lot of you are probably thinking, I'm going to be that 10%. Mm-hmm. But honestly, and, and two of my friends have successfully used it as well, and it's been brilliant. I just don't understand. A, I don't understand why this wasn't backed by the NHS. Like, two years into it being founded, because it's only really now been accepted, right? Yeah, it was a long a long struggle. I mean, to, I mean, having, let, having stopped smoking myself, I, uh, after a month or two, I got in touch with Alan Carr mm. and uh, Robin Haley, who was now chairman of the organisation. I said, look, can I get involved in this? This, this, this is just really exciting. And um, uh, persevered and, uh, um, and was taken on. Um, and trained with Alan Carr, and it was just most, the most brilliant thing you can imagine well, doing. It's uh, um, sold my business interests, and I thought, well, this is what I'm going to do. Really, it was my um, getting out of the rat race thing. Yeah, I thought I was going to be a stop smoking therapist, and that's you know that's that's the rest of my life sorted out. But gradually over the years, you get sort of sucked 
into the business side. Mm. Um, and come on to a question, which is the NHS. So really, for 21 years, I've been trying to make the method available on the NHS, whether it's in the form of just a book, which costs less than a couple of packs of cigarettes, yeah. or a, a live seminars, you know. And um, always got a big push back. I think that says a lot about the um, the influence of the pharmaceutical industry um, and tobacco industry as well, which are kind of merging into the same thing at the moment with um, e-cigarettes and everything else that's, oh, yeah. that's sort of going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the 90% success rate was brilliant. It was based on the money-back guarantee. Mm. So um, uh, some people don't claim their money back, some people don't call it. But generally speaking, a live uh, public seminars, that, that we, we know that. Uh, we'd never achieve that with the NHS. I think that's the, no. the big difference between some of their corporate clients. So we do stuff, uh, you know, pretty much Vodafone, Microsoft, Google, mm. Facebook, um, massive companies with global um, treatment for their staff in different parts of the world. Um, and, and they haven't had a problem u- using us. Um, we temper our um, targets for those because there's a big difference between someone hearing about Alan Carr's easy way, picking up the phone, booking their appointment, paying their own money, mm. taking their Thursday off, going along. That person is much more motivated than yes. someone whose boss says, oh, I've got some stop smoking dudes coming in next mm. week. It's Feel a bit like somebody buying you a self-improvement book and being like, this changed my life. Yeah. No, making you... you know, no, cool. exactly. So in that context, we we aim for sort of 50% or better. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, the, the last couple of years, after a lot of trying, uh, we've had some engagement with the Irish government who were very keen to look at using us um, and conducted or... or um, um, they... Uh, brought about a clinical trial, mm-hmm. the method comparing it, uh, what we do to what the, the quit.ie service do in, in Ireland. And um, they found us to be at least twice as successful wow. of w- what they were providing. Um, we have a, another clinical trial that we've uh, undertaken in London, uh, cost about £400,000 uh, to do, um, comparing us to the National Health Service gold standard sort of one-to-one treatment um and the, the results of that to be published soon right so okay. uh but we, so there's, a lot, there's a lot sort of coming in to kind of prove that the yeah success and everything else. i guess that the argument is well i guess commercially for you guys i'm not sure i don't know if there's a sprint to get into that kind of world anyway because at the moment you're proving to be successful for the corporate world and for the person mm. the people that are using it personally for people like me and, and and whatever else how do you so okay because we're speaking about this kind of method and um, I guess not really diving into much detail around it. it. I literally, when you say easy way, it literally is the easy way, right? So you sit in a room for six hours, whether you're a naysayer, most people in that room will be. I mean, we were in there for... What are you doing in this room? So you sit in a room, there's like, you're on a recliner chair, there's about 20 of you in the room between sort of eight and, I don't know, 18. And you're in the room. Are your feet up on the recliner? Yeah, so you can, you can recline if you want, you can sort mm-hmm. of, you know, do whatever you want. And then... The the I guess the lady or the or the or the man will take the course and say, look, you know, this is how the day's gonna go ahead, then you're pretty much allowed to say anything you want. You're allowed what I liked about Colleen's or this this approach is everybody has, yeah, but I'm this kind of smoker. Yeah, but I like it because of these reasons. And no matter how many times you try, you can't give a good reason to smoke. And and you can't justify it. So and you're given a chance that she's encouraging everybody to try and justify smoking. 
And you spend a lot of the days sort of doing that. I mean, we spent about an hour doing that. And uh, there's so many different elements to it. I mean, there's about a million and one analogies that she uses to sort of throw away the idea that smoking is a good thing. And at the end of the day, not even at the end of the day, I think a couple of days later, it just resonates with you that you've chosen freedom away from this thing that was once shackling you. But you don't, there's never an aha moment. There's, there's a little bit of hypnotherapy at the end, but it's quite light touch and you kind of fall asleep. Mm. there's not a, I'm going to start smoking now. In fact, you leave there being like, that's a load of shit. And it's true, and everyone does. It sounds like that light touch has a big impact, bigger than you might think, because you can't remember it. Would mm. that be fair, John? Yeah, I think, I mean, the Alan Cole, you know, was just a brilliant at making complicated things simple. Mm. So he, you know, we were talking earlier, sort of, Somebody wants to learn to drive doesn't need to look under the, the bonnet and know how the, the, the engine works. Um, just need some good guidelines, some good, good, some good guidance and some instructions. And as long as you follow the instructions, the result is the same. So that's it really is like a series of instructions. Um, there's not often many sort of shining light on the road to Damascus moments. Mm. But it, we look at every possible reason a, sm- a reason a smoker might have for their smoking to justify it and, and dismantle them one by one. Yes. And, and a lot of it gets is getting rid of the fear. I mean, I was the classic case. I mean, for starters, I sat in this room and this guy said, you're going to find it easy to start smoking. I think, hang on, I've tried loads of times. It's never been easy. Why should this time be any different? So pretty much the whole room is of that mind. So it's just gently taking people through um, with a sort of process of cooperation, sort of, Providing the evidence as if they're a jury, if that makes sense. Well, mm-hmm. Almost they're open to, okay, just, I'm not saying you have to, you know, buy into this 100%, but as long as you listen to what we're saying and say, well, does that make sense or not? Yes, it does. Okay, let's move on. And mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. So stuff like nicotine addiction. I mean, there's the fact that nicotine addiction is why we smoke, but actually the beauty of it is it's very easy to break. The, the withdrawal from nicotine is actually very slight. Mm. And a lot of smokers are very resistant to that. I was. I thought, God, when I was trying, it was torture and hell. Mm. That's not caused by nicotine withdrawal. That's the mental process triggered by nicotine withdrawal. So this feeling of you're missing out on something, you're deprived of something and feeling awful about it. So we use sort of anecdotes and examples to to illustrate that from the smoker's own life mm. um, in terms of... I don't know. Well, I, I used to always use a uh, analogy of a, of a flight. So, um, even as a heavy smoker, I go on a flight. I would never try to patch with a gun. They didn't seem to touch the sides or anything. Didn't even touch it. So I'd just grin and bear it. Um, so if you're on a flight for seven hours, even for me as a chain smoker, I was kind of all right. I was all right. Mm-hmm. As long as that's no, fine. Um, and you even forgot about it sometimes because you couldn't smoke. Mm. Um, now, when you um, pilot comes over the intercom and says, "Oh, delayed, we're going to be another half an hour," you're expecting to be able to get off the plane in five minutes and have a cigarette. Mm. As soon as the announcement's made, "Oh, we're going to be delayed for half an hour," it's hmm. there. Yeah. Now it wasn't there. It wasn't there a second ago. Mm. So whatever caused that kind of anxiety, that uptight, panicky feeling, it wasn't nicotine withdrawal. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of an example of... We look at a few um, ideas like that. Well, if it wasn't nicotine withdrawal, what was it? It's what's going up in your, in your mind. Yeah. Um, 
and that's not to say it's all in the mind, but it's it's, it's triggered by nicotine withdrawal, and it's what your mind does with it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Would you say all addiction in that instance is triggered by the mind? Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, it was triggered by withdrawal. So that this, the, in the case of nicotine and an awful lot of drugs, the, the physical withdrawal is a very mild, empty, sort of insecure feeling. It's almost imperceptible. That is that that triggers the, the more powerful process, which is in the mind, feeling, I want, I want the drug, I can't have it. And as soon as you have that dialogue going on, you get this sort of uh, feeling, horrible mm-hmm. sort of, and that's, and that's what grows and grows and grows. It's this kind of mental conflict going on. Because that, that was what um, Khalid was saying in, on the course. He was like, our habits, that are hard to break. Because that's another thing. The other, you know, people think their habits are really, really hard to break. But I think you guys say something around, it's not the habit that's a hard thing to break. It's your, what is it, your commitment? Yeah, well, we, 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 we come, become convinced that it is the habit that's a problem. And um, the, the habit um, can inspire, I think, no, no you, you, you're in the habit of walking out in the morning and lighting a cigarette. Mm. So when you quit smoking, you walk out in the morning and that's the habit, I'll, I'll have a mm. cigarette. If you're happy not smoking, the habit's not a problem. Because you think, oh, cool, I don't smoke anymore. Mm. If you're feeling deprived, if you feel you've made a sacrifice, that habitual thought will trigger this kind of, I want one, I can't have one, mm. uh, sort of feeling. Yeah. That makes sense. So uh, you get, get into the... Um, uh, you smoke because you got, you got addicted to nicotine. Then you got into the habit of smoking. It's not the other way around. You, mm. you don't you got you don't get into the habit of smoking, and that's what causes the problem. Yeah. So that's I mean that's what I find really interesting is this, the fact that you're taking a you, once you've accepted the fact that it is just a trigger because we even spoke about the triggers that you see on things like TV. Like the if you listen to like Peaky Blinders for example, is a good you can even hear the, the tobacco burning. Yeah. Mad Men as well. Mad Men. Yeah. All all these things are. Those things are clear triggers to make you think, oh, you decided to have a cigarette. Yeah. And we spoke a lot about kind of recognising that thought for what it was and then going, oh, yeah, that's cool, I don't, I don't yeah. need that anymore. But we're conditioned. And similarly, again, coming on to, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to the phones in a minute, but you're, the world around us is designed, has been designed to make us think that there are positive things around having a cigarette. It's relaxing, it's cool, it's, you know, it gives you freedom or whatever because of how everything around us is designed on TV, on, on adverts, on, you know, I think she, she references Sandy in Greece. She's a yes. loser and then suddenly she comes out wearing a leather, leather jacket, smoking yeah. a fag and she, everything's working for her. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think traditionally the big one was like friendship, right? Because mm. there was a point in our friend group where everybody smoked and then I kind of didn't and then it, it is clear you are missing out in some some respect because everybody's out there talking and you're mm. sitting there guarding the table yeah. so that's one thing that you are kind of missing out on right yeah, yeah. the social interaction but I think now because of the stigma towards smoking and the shift mm. that no longer really exists and I find most addictions or, or vices that you don't want to give up when your friends are doing doing them it makes it like oh so much harder to, to mm. drop well our, our advice is it runs contrary to most sort of advice you would get so we always say look if you go for a smoking break carry on going for the break you don't want to miss out on the the mm. gossip and then chat and the friendship of, of, mm. of the work break just because you quit smoking and so you get a lot, a lot of good gossip there that kind yeah, of thing yeah. you don't have to smoke to do that so that, and that's quite important you don't have to miss out on it now if it's pouring down with rain and freezing cold you can give it a miss so you can pick and choose when you when you do mm. it if that makes sense mm. yeah, so, yeah sure um, and a lot of the a, a, a lot of the, it's based on when you use willpower to stop smoking, you find it difficult. So you're kind of hanging hanging on for grim life. Mm. So you avoid friends who smoke. You tend to avoid 
yeah, situations yeah. where you might have smoked before. We say, look, just just go for it. You know, you know, if you go out for a drink on a Friday night, don't stop going out for a drink on a Friday night. When you use willpower to stop smoking, that that does cause a problem. It's like Mike Knuckle, right? Have a couple of drinks and that grip loosens. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Can I ask about within the method? There's the the practical side of it where you I've heard that you like actually smoke in the sessions right so yeah. what's the purpose of that what why why and 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 I remember even my mum reading the book told me that, that like the book tells you to smoke and then mm. it like plays with your head in that kind of sense so what how does that work yeah I mean we it is easy to stop smoking as long as you know how so we don't want people to stop smoking until they know how so if you imagine there's a five six hour training course on how to find it easy to stop smoking. So the, uh, the last thing we want people to do is be sit there th- suffering the effects of smoking, uh, um, uh, victims of the addiction to smoking, uh, nicotine, um, not listening to what we're saying. So we just kind of chill out. I mean, back in the day when I started, as I say, back in 1998, it was smoking in the room. Oh so we have uh, you know a group of 12 or 15 smokers in a fairly small room, not much bigger than this, one or two windows, and it was like, Smog in there is wow. extraordinary. It does still smell of smoke in there. Actually. Yeah, and when the um, when the uh, the smoking bans were coming in, uh, we got an exemption. We introduced smoking rooms. That's where we went from sort of persistent smoking, constant smoking, then rooms to smoking breaks. Um, and it was just you know the, the smokers themselves who kind of put an end to it. Really, they were sort of but we don't really want to go in the smoking room anymore. Can we go outside? So, yeah. Well, yeah, of course you can. You know, yeah. there's no no problem with that at all. So um, it's such a weird concept because yeah. like the whole way throughout the day you're smoking. I mean, I, I yeah, because I sort of accepted the fact that I was going to give up anyway when I did my course, and so I was sort of oh fucking, I've got a cigarette rank. And you, are, <laughs> I think throughout the day you are. It's shameful. Like people come back into the room, and they're like, they, oh, "What am I doing? Why am I going for a fight? It's so embarrassing." Well, that's not the intention. We do try, no. do, do try to make sure people know they just relax about it, just go and have a cigarette, and, yeah. and that's that's all fine. It's, uh, but it's not aversion therapy. Uh, it's not the idea isn't to, to 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 put you off. A lot of people did, you know, when when they were smoking in the rooms, they thought this is the idea of this is to put it, put you off smoking, yeah, you know, whatever. But. No, it's not. Uh, so how's he broken it down then? Because obviously so many people have tried. You guys are anti-willpower method. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I wouldn't say anti-willpower. It's just that, that that's that's a really hard way to do it. So mm. actually kind of um, pitching your will against uh, your beliefs about a drug um, leads to this mental conflict, which just isn't easy. If you, if you um, understand that a drug does nothing for you, then you don't feel compelled to take it. Mm. Once you understand that the withdrawal from the drug isn't that big a deal, then even that argument for taking the drug is dismissed. So you, you should you should find it easy. So it, it ends that mental conflict in short. So, I see. Uh, so that's I mean that's what I find because the so many of my friends are doing things willpower, and you know that they're the thing they always say. Who is it? Someone someone said something where it was like. The, their friend was sitting across the table, he'd given up smoking, and the other friend uh, hadn't given up smoking. And they both envied each other because the person that had given up smoking was like, oh, you're so lucky you get to have a cigarette after this meal, I've given up now. And then the other person's like, oh, you're so lucky to have given up. That's amazing that yeah. you've done that. So because he's given up through willpower, he feels the feeling of deprivation and so therefore will always struggle. Exactly, yeah. and that's uh, having empathy for that is important. So, yeah. Colleen, who you saw, she's been with us uh, for uh, seventeen years yeah. or something. So, she actually attended uh, one of my seminars. So, uh, uh, okay. um, and stopped smoking, and and so it's kind of a repeat of me. She wanted to get involved and got in touch yeah. with me, and 
chained her, whatever. But all Alan Carr therapists are former smokers who use the method to quit. So it's kind of that, you know, we've sort of um, got all the time in the world for smokers because we've all You've been, done been there, yeah. Mm. It must become quite hard to relate to after a while. Like, is, is it? <laughs> He's sort of like, just don't do it, you idiots. <laughs> no, no, not, no, God, not at all. But you I must mean, be so sure. In the pro, you've been there for 21 years, so yeah. you've seen everybody kind of come in and go and, and have the success rate. Yeah, no, this Do you get any vapors in there at the moment? Yeah, mm. no, we've yeah. gone back probably four years or so. It's hard to, a bit of a time warp. Um, we extended the money back guarantee to vaping because we were got, having so many vapors come along saying, like, I want to I quit this. Or they were often smoking and vaping. So yeah. they smoke when they can and vape when they can't. Um, so that was a pretty smooth kind of mm. transition and very easy. We, we'd always helped people who were addicted to the gum and everything else as well, so that, that was fine. Uh, a website in the USA now gets more hits for quit vaping than it does for quit smoking. That's amazing. Um, so it, I think it feels like the smoking thing now, like now I look at these two books on the table, we've got smartphone, dumb phone and, and sugar as well. It feels like I don't know what your approach to that is going to be because... There is literally no benefit to smoking. Mm. Like there is, there is nothing. You can't, and, and you do a great job in dismantling all the benefits. Smartphone and sugar. You could argue there are benefits to those yeah, two things. Hundred percent, and that's where we were talking earlier about um, the method. The skeleton of the method runs through everything we do, but obviously there are sometimes huge differences in in the the issue we're, we're handling. Mm. So. Um, the first, I think it's the, I can't the introduction or the first chapter for smartphone, dumb phone, reads like a love letter to technology. Right. And I love it. I mean, God, just what you can do now. I don't know, when I was a kid, it would have been some, like something off Star Trek, you know. You, can, mm. you, get, you get a device out of your pocket, press a button, bloke in a car turns up two minutes later. Yeah. You don't even have to tell him where you're going. You know, this is... <laughs> this is I mean, we get... Don't we get, have to got, speak to him if you don't want to. We got <laughs> so it. used to it already... Yeah. And, um, you know, even, you know, going out on a Friday night with your mates used to be, you have to make five or six phone calls, maybe two or three times to yeah. get what we're doing, where we're going or whatever else. But was, no, just have a WhatsApp group and it's all done. So it, the smartphone, phone, dumb phone is about appropriate use mm. instead of inappropriate use of technology. And the idea, it really isn't a book for someone who... Um, uh, wants to kind of just get off grid. Right, I see. You know, if you want to do that, well, that's easy, isn't it? Just go and live in a forest somewhere without, without any mm -hmm. electricity or whatever. This is this is for anyone who, uh, from one end of the spectrum, would be who plays too many games on their on their phone mm. and it bothers them, or is too engrossed in social media for their own liking and that that kind of thing. Up to someone who's got a pretty heavy gaming addiction, or. Um, Maybe like yourselves, who's getting 100 emails a day, 50 WhatsApp group messages yeah, yeah. a day, Viber and Facebook message, and everything else. How how do you how do you how do you get free of that? And also, there's the say like the the promotion of you know the podcast or the promotion mm. of any other business that you're trying to do, and then just yeah, that's your justification to be on it. But then also, what you're really doing is just wasting oh my god you know, hours and hours just. It's kind of doing nothing. So, but it's getting in that zone. So you 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 keep the appropriate use, the business stuff, and some social stuff as well. You know, it's all appropriate. But you get rid of the junk. How do you um, define within yourself what's the appropriate stuff? I think most people know that. 
Right. So your most most the the book takes you sort of on this journey on on how to decide what what you don't you know you might want to be in one uh, messenger group for the football club you support. Mm. Um, you don't need to be on WhatsApp, Viber, Facebook Messenger, Snapchat. Mm. All you don't you, with slightly different groups of people in each thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I follow football and I'm going to um, follow a couple of teams regularly and it just gets too much. My son, Harry, plays football. He's under 18 level. And this, I mean, there's so many groups. I mean, you just think, right, okay, some of these are important, some of them aren't. Mm. Ditch the ones that aren't. They're, 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 it's a case of trimming it down. Business is different because you want to be contactable. You, yeah. you don't want to miss those... Um, Opportunities, but um, I'd really struggle with this because I I could justify okay. So if I was sitting in my Alan Carr chair and this was a live seminar, I genuinely think I could I could justify every single one of my groups. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you, you probably could. Right. Um, we don't actually do the, um, uh, the seminars, seminars for right. the tech, tech. Ironically, we have an online video program, right. which is uh, useful. And they're talking it's about tech, very nicely. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but, uh, but no, it, it, uh, um, you would do eventually. I mean, there. It's there, and it's right. and there's stuff like notifications. I mean, it's a constant battle. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of, I've used a smartphone for years, and I'm still a little bit slow on, okay, well, how do I stop this happening or whatever yeah. else? But notifications, you get rid of them all, and then over a period of months, they will start coming back. And you go, how did that happen? Yeah. You know, and you have to go back in and, and, and turn turn them off or whatever. So it's a, it's kind of an ongoing process of, of trimming stuff down. Mm. Um, depends how many... Um, Facebook friends, for example, probably wrong generation for Facebook, but mm. uh, um, in terms of Snapchat or whatever else, um, there's uh, uh, how many how many friends do you have? How many people in a group? Do you need there? to have as many as you think you have on there? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I think I just um, mine is just more. I, I personally think that Apple should invite, sorry, should invent something that can. Like an out-of-office that just overrides all of your apps and sends an out-of-office because my issue is, whether it's text, SMS, WhatsApp, LinkedIn message, Instagram messages, all of those can be a blend of business and pleasure. So I'm constantly sort of blurring the lines between all of them. Hmm. And I couldn't... I couldn't tell you who's who's right or wrong on LinkedIn. I get a message every 20 minutes, probably more than that. WhatsApp, again, a lot of my clients now message me on WhatsApp instead, and, I, and some of the things are crucial. Like, I'm going to be replying to a message right now because mm. something's happening tomorrow that I've got to cancel. So, like, I, I already... I don't know what the process would be yeah. for me not to have to be responsive yeah. to those things. You, the, the book will guide you through that. I mean, okay. and it, it is a decision. I mean, bear in mind, it's going to sound awful, but I run an organisation that is active in 50 different countries around the world yeah. across every conceivable time zone, I'd be dead if I was managing that business like you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple as that. So, What do you mean by that, sorry? Well, because uh, I, would, I would never turn off. Okay. <laughs> my, phone, uh, yeah. my phone, my messages, my emails never mm. stop. Uh, any problem in the world of Alan Carr, and by we're talking about um, seminars in 50 different countries... Um, publishing in 47 different countries, sorry, 55 countries and mm. 47 languages. And, and it's all going off all the time. You, you, don't, you don't have a choice. Mm. You, need, you need to do something. 
I guess it's tougher. I think my, my argument to that would be the difference in, I mean, we, we have a bit enough more than we can chew, you know, running two different businesses and then starting them from the ground up and then also starting a podcast on the ground up. We, have, we haven't got the infrastructure or I haven't got the infrastructure within any of my businesses where it can be anybody else apart from me. So I am mm. literally at the cold phase of communication the mm. whole time. Mm. There isn't anybody, the buck stops and starts with me yeah. whichever time zone I'm in. Hey, Deborah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't have a PA. Mm. I've got a great team in Rains Park and they're brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, that's where you get to. And I had a, quite a long time when I didn't have mm. that. Um, so I do sympathise in terms of the start, starting up and, and whatever. Yeah. But if you if you go through your tech, you will find 60% of it is junk. Right. <laughs> get yeah. rid of the junk. Yeah. Okay, so uh, your priorities, if your, your priorities will be work, uh, in your context, yeah. there's no point doing it unless yeah, that's your number one goal. Yeah. So start by saving the work stuff, and that's fine. It, 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 it's easy for me to sit and say, it takes about five or six hours to read the book to get you into the business where you think, okay, okay, I know the difference, I know the difference between what, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, what I need and what I don't need. So it's basically a way of helping one define those things rather than be like, this is going to solve all your issues, get out of the WhatsApp groups and delete everybody. It's much more... I guess sympathetic, and it, and it gives you an understanding as to the, how to identify those two things. Because, and like smoking, you identify what is not a benefit to smoking, yeah. and another thing is, yeah, hundred percent. And, and the fact is, you don't have a choice. You you will stop functioning. Yeah, eventually, yeah. you can't you can't do it. You, you can't be all things to all people all the time. Yeah, I had it today. I literally yeah. had it today. Yeah. I, I was I had to go for a well, it sounds really spoiled, but I went for, a, for like a forty five minute sauna. Because I was, I, just, I had nothing going on in my brain, and it's because I've been, I've been doing like a dry November, so like mm. I haven't, uh, haven't been going out on Fridays, and therefore the week for me hasn't really started and stopped. So it feels like I've just been doing the same marathon of working and being responsive on my phone for the last like maybe three weeks, mm. and today was the first day I've gone nothing. Yeah, and and, and it is hyper stimulation with that. Like the phone is constantly on <laughs> physically I'm seeing I think my vision's getting a lot worse as well yeah. I'm getting really blurry vision at the moment so that's that's never good yeah, it's exhausting isn't it I mean I, I, I you know having been involved in the smartphone dumb phone book yeah. in a big way you know I, I have the same thing going on and, and as I say you keep re-evaluating what's going on or whatever else I mean um, Harry my son he, uh, he changed um, football clubs uh, last year, after nine years with Sutton United youth team, and, um, he he loved it there. It was brilliant there, and um, came to go into the academy. And you couldn't go to the academy academy if you were doing A levels, you, right? You, uh, because of the they only did one course, and that that would take it or leave it sort of thing. So moved to this club, which um, myself and the other coaches kind of moved over there, mm. and. Um, Within one day, we've been added to six um, six social media groups for this new club. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to delete. He hasn't even kicked a spud yet. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I haven't, um, I haven't deleted them all. I didn't delete them all initially, but I thought, well, some of these are going to be important, some of them aren't. Mm. And now I've cut that down to one. Wow. So after it took took a month to work out which ones. And he hasn't played a game since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, no, he's no, he's having a great time. I feel they? like the smartphone might need a deeper dive for me. But what? So the sugar thing, because that's again. That's well, I was thinking like selfishly. So I see one down there. Easy way to quit emotional eating. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's hidden down there, and it's caught my eye. And it's something that I 
Yeah, I went to a, I think they were called Omni, I think then, or Ori. I went to a clinic and I was, I got, I had like a, a session and it's something that I've struggled with, like binge eating, sort of emotional eating. So mm-hmm. I think it's interesting for me without, I, and obviously I can't deep dive into the book, but it's interesting for me to know like, with something like eating, because to be fair, tech's still not as clear cut as the fact that eating is a fundamental practice you do yeah. in order to survive in life. You can't live without yeah. eating. So that one, I think, is I've always thought, you know, I've, and this is what the therapist said to me, is you've actually got quite a hard addiction in the sense that eating is something you you have to do, whereas smoking, there's no benefit to it. So that one, I find, like, you know, what's your success rate with this book and, and, and what are some of the... I don't know, well, how, how does that session kind of go? Well, that's brand new. That's sort of was released last week, I think. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and again, only available in book, book form. Um, and uh, But it's, it's very successful. It, it's, it's a beautiful, gentle book because it's such an emotive issue. I think you said you, you, your experience with it. You, you, yeah. you could probably write a book about it yourself. Yeah. And, and, and it's not something you mess around with. It, it's a, no, it's, it's I mean, such a serious... For, for example, it'll be... Even today, you know, I, I, I think I know what's going to happen when I'm when I wake up. I'm going to go into the cupboard and eat more and like eat a meal, feel full, mm. eat again, and then want to go to co-op to buy more food and eat. And it's never ending the battle in my head. So when you describe the smoking feeling on the on the plane, mm. I had similar. Even with food, I, I go onto a flight. I'm like, oh, it should be fine actually because I ate before the flight. But as soon as that tray comes, and yeah. then it's like, oh, that. A horrible stodgy food no I'm not gonna okay yeah I'll have it yeah, and I'll eat it yeah, yeah. and then I'll be asking them for like have you got any nuts have you got this it's yeah. just like never ending yeah. so it kind of goes on to that same the same the same skeleton of the method it's about appropriate versus inappropriate and um, appropriate responses so the only um, res- the only time it, uh, it was appropriate to respond by eating was when you feel hunger it's getting in touch with uh, real hunger. Yeah, and I, I, I remember times where I've ever really felt real hunger because I've mm. always prevented that from happening because yeah. the idea of that is mm. like, the worst yeah. thing in the world to potentially be hungry. Yeah, well, it's hungry is brilliant. Hunger is brilliant. That's a, I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the thing. Without hunger, you can't really enjoy anything. Mm. Um, so it's not kind of an extreme hunger or anything like that. And sure. um, We do run sugar addiction and weight um, seminars and um, the guys who run those are much better qualified than me to sure. talk, talk about that. But it, 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 it's a basic problem. It's not, um, it's not difficult. It, 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 you can't stop eating sugar. You, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. You can decide what's good sugar and what's bad sugar, which is the title of the book, which right. is bad sugar. And then you just make sure you avoid as far as possible bad sugar. And if you do that, you'll find it really easy. Um, so, I mean, so, so yeah, the, the, the emotional eating is, is, is another thing. It's, the triggers that, that drive it have nothing to do with hunger. There's nothing natural about them. So they're, they're, they're completely separate from functional eating, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, of course. So, so, um, but I think without sort of simplifying things, we are the simple solution. Sometimes you get to spend so much time looking under the bonnet of the car and and working out the engine works or whatever. Well, no, just get in, turn the engine off and drive, you know. Um, What kind of criticism do you guys face when with these kind of things? Because I know that when on on the day we we were able to kind of just pick holes clean. Um, What do you normally hear that is normally a common misconception or misconception? It's it's normally about uh, withdrawal. 
So from nicotine, um, <clears throat> you know, we're right about that. But as people are still um, will argue, no, the, the whole the whole of the smoking cessation industry is, is is designed around nicotine withdrawal being the big problem. Mm. So they're missing ninety nine percent of the problem. Yes. Um, <clears throat> that is actually really interesting. Alcohol. Well, yeah, the nic- so, so that's why it doesn't make sense to have the patches and all that kind yeah, of stuff because yeah. it's just, you're just, like, what are you doing? You're just giving them yeah. nicotine, but you're not It's no good unless you sort your head out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, they say that it's, yeah. what is it, like, it's two a day, not even that. No, sorry, it was like under a minute or something crazy. Like, mm. the nicotine leaves your system mm. under a minute. You're not addicted mm. to the nicotine. Mm. How, how are they diversifying their portfolio then? Because nicotine is a... Like, what? Nicotine? What, yeah, they, what's the future for nicotine? Because their brand is like giving you little drabs of nicotine to to so you can get off the plane and get. Well, that just shows you that this message hasn't. I guess maybe that is. Do you think this this hasn't got out because they're doing such a good job of reminding everybody about how it's nicotine they're addicted to and that it's not in your head. Yeah, they're doing they're, they're doing well. They're not going anywhere anytime soon, mm. and they're, those companies are diversifying into vaping already. And um, and as I say, the tobacco industry and the and then the, the nicotine industry, they're the, the, the one and the same thing now. Yeah. But, but in terms of criticism, I mean, we, we some people who uh, have alcohol issues are furious with us. I mean, they're really, they're really very, very angry that we say, okay, it's easy and it's not dangerous to stop uh, drinking um, straight away. Um, uh, we talking about abstinence from drinking. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so a complete cold turkey, like yeah. I did with the smoking. Yeah, they sort of, so they, they will, you know, it's, it becomes. It's almost like talking like Brexit about Brexit. You just don't do it. It's such a really? touchy subject with people who are involved in um, certain elements of, of of treating that addiction. They always talk about, okay, you have seizures if you stop drinking. Mm. Somebody's got a problem, they they'll have a seizure. Well, no, you know, if you're if you're in that place where you're drinking at that rate, you are very very close to the end one way or the other um and um said it doesn't wash uh no one no one uh came to any harm stopping taking a drug that was killing them mm. you know they they might have done it the wrong way and that caused them harm so that that's um uh, we we were just coming out of the uh, long dark tunnel you know um Related to our our nicotine-free um, policy, which mm. is uh, would, life would have been a lot easier if 20 years ago we'd said, okay, you know, New Zealand cars easy way and have a nicotine gum as well. The fact is that complete contradiction, the method just doesn't work like that. And mm. you can't say, well, look, nicotine doesn't do anything for you, but stick this patch on 24 hours a day. Yeah. So, um, but um, we, we, are, we are very hopeful the next year or so we'll see us make um, big progress on that with uh, when us sort of doing well against those pharmaceutical companies' uh, um, products, which have, you know, they've had hundreds of clinical trials mm. at the cost of hundreds of millions of pounds. You know, we, yeah. we managed to have two in the last couple of years and they've gone really well. So. Brilliant. So, okay, the alcohol, th- I was going to ask you about the alcohol thing. Is there, is it a similar success? I can't imagine that's a similar success rate because that's... That mm, yeah, well, we, um, we haven't had a clinical trial in the alcohol, but we when we, we started doing those seminars, we... Uh, wanted to have the courage of our convic- convictions and we applied the money-back guarantee to that as well and it's exactly the same. Mm. So it is phenomenally successful in in terms of people who come along, they, mm. they um, attend a seminar, 
if uh, there's no real catches with the money back guarantee, if you attend three three seminars in three months without cancelling or postponing, and then and you don't quit, you get your money back. Mm. Um, but we do that for cannabis and cocaine and heroin and anything. Right, okay. There's a, um, a money back guarantee. And that, that's getting really interesting now as this technology moves on, this love letter to technology that I wrote. You know, we used to have to get people in a room to do this. And now, with, 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 with two weeks ago, we went live in the USA where up until then we'd had seminars in New York and Los Angeles, Denver. Um, but now we're in every single town and city in every single state in the USA using live online video links. How long is this love letter? Have you got it in the front of that book? I was going to say, can you... Yeah, it's in there somewhere, yeah. Can you read the love letter? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't... I can't remember if it's in the introduction or the uh, first chapter. You know where it is. Come on. But but it's uh, it's not actually, you know, dear dear tech, but it's... it's, it's, uh, My objective writing it was my true feelings about technology and it's the most brilliant thing mm. it's you just got to get it right you got to appropriate use or it will destroy it's like anything you know yeah. if you um so what would you then say actually i was going to ask you this because we have a question that we normally ask which is what would you say to a room for 21 year olds but it feels like a bit of a relevant question now because i don't think many 21 year olds are going to think about taking out smoking or not as many that, that, back in 1980 um my question was going to be what would you say i'm going to ask you three different versions of this uh, and it would, uh, based on these books. First one was going to be, what would you say to somebody that is a heavy smoker still now and they have a small inkling of interest uh, into using this easy way? What would you say to that kind of person? Um, get in touch, have a have a read, Google, see what everyone else says about, about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that on our website or just on all sorts of places where people talk about the method. And I think that's the big thing is if you if you're recommended by someone you know or someone you trust, that's a that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so show an interest. And I think, you know, personally, I, I'd always go to a live seminar if I had access to that. Yeah. Um, I think that's the most powerful way of receiving the method and it doesn't cost you a penny if it doesn't work. I and mean, that's what appealed to me uh, all those years ago. Um, but if you, if you, whatever reason you don't want to go to that or you can't go to that, like I say the book costs less than a couple of packs of cigarettes. I mean, I read the book uh, two years before I went to the, the session. I should have mentioned that earlier. And I just remember reading, I thought it was such a brilliant book. Mm. Kind of, it s- spoke to me as a smoker. Um, I go, yeah, that's me. This is this guy. You know, Ashton Kutcher said something um, similar as well. He goes, oh, Alan, he's nailed it, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it just I didn't stop smoking. I don't know why. Mm. And I was saying to sort of friends and stuff, yeah, you've got to get this book, it's brilliant. I'm smoking this book. And that's, but, uh, you know, hadn't, had I not read it, I would, maybe wouldn't have thought about going to the, um, the, the seminar. So mm. so have a look. Have a look. See what you think. Fine. You know, that's, uh, and then alcohol-wise, what would you say to someone that, in that? Is it the same well, thing? Well, no, because I, I think there's two types of drinkers, right? There's the drinker that I assume that's going to the Alan Carr sessions and not yourself, mm. who, you know, we're still in our 20s, we still like to go out and have fun with our friends. And it's not like horrible. No, no, I wasn't horrible. saying yeah. No, no, no. So what I'm saying is like I'm more interested in, in the, the the casual alcohol drinker potentially. Yeah. Well, you can ask a question. But well, I was, no, was going to say for someone that was thinking about giving up. I mean, because we've Andy, I think Andy Ramos is a but good are you job are you considered giving up, would you say? No. Nah, no. I do you know what's interesting actually after doing this dry month? Um it's just giving me insight into into moderation rather mm. than abstinence. I don't I just, just yeah, I, I find that 
I don't think I've got an alcohol problem. I, <laughs> if I did, I don't think I'd be able to do what I've done mm. and even have nights where I've, I can have like a glass of wine. Yeah. And, I, and it's, it's so, the one thing I have realised as a casual drinker is that it, it does alienate you a little bit if you're not drinking. <laughs> and, and it is, um, can become like quite tough, I'm sure. Well, it, it, it alienates you based on what you're what you're doing at that time, right? Yeah, what but you're I suppose you should never not carry on seeing the friends you were seeing exactly. if you've quit drink. Yeah, which is why I'm trying to do this. Well, I'm doing this thing in uh, in February, which is around sort of weekends that you can you know spend doing booze free. Because actually, we've had quite a few fun weekends doing things away from alcohol. But um, I still enjoy drinking alcohol yeah. and going to see my mates. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, you raise a brilliant point, which is like we. are we're not, don't do this, don't do that, yeah, you yeah, mustn't yeah. do whatever. You you know, if you haven't got a problem with a drug no. or a substance or an issue, you don't need us. And that's that's yeah. really cool, you know. that's um, So this uh, is for people that are really are, you know, they're experiencing, you know, for example, smartphone, dumb phone, there's going to be someone that is like, oh, I've got to put this thing down, like, it's, it's driving me insane. We're trying to catch that kind of person. There's a lot of people these days. No, I think that's that me. Earlier, it's everybody from somebody just thinks they play a bit, spend a bit too much time playing on their phone. They can't snake. put Candy Crush on mm. a snake or whatever down <laughs> to, to to proper full on you know gaming console guys who won't yeah. go to bed until five o'clock in the morning when their beautiful wife's in, right. in bed on her own. <laughs> sort of you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, from one extreme to to, to the other. Um, the alcohol seminars we have are attended by just regular people. Like, you know, um, the, you, you can't tell the difference between a, an alcohol group at the, the, mm. the centre or a stop smoking group. Um, and they're, um, they're not sort of necessarily people who would think, oh, I've got the hard drink, oh, I've got a real problem. And, you know, most of them have come to the point where they realise they have got a problem mm. with it. And um, particularly you know, drinking too much, too often or whatever. And so I'd say probably half of them come along not really sure whether they want to stop drinking or not. Right, okay. The other half definitely don't want to stop drinking. Right. You know, but... Uh, <laughs> it's um, a hard group to, to try and convince. Why do you think as a country have such a problem with alcohol? God, that's a question and a half. I don't have the answers <laughs> to that sort of question. I, I think... Um, I don't know, maybe maybe it goes along, somewhere along the lines of... of um, We've we've uh, do a lot to access. We kind of we're just in this hedonistic period at the moment, aren't we? Where you know, if you've got just about enough money and just about enough time, you can do pretty much whatever you want to do. Um, it's just to decide. Funny, my, my brother sent me a, a book. He's he's um, at least a booklet he's written about my granddad who was um, fought in the nineteen fourteen eighteen war. Mm. I never knew this. He. He um, he passed away a long time ago. But he 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 was a territorial uh, in 1914, 18-year-old. Um, that meant you went, a, like, a bit like today, I think, you went away for a week on training camps and then went back to your job. Um, war was declared while he was on his training camp. He didn't go home for five years. Wow. Wow. 18-year-old. Uh, he, he spent his time in India, um... Turkey, uh, Iraq, as it's called now, but uh, I mean, and the war ended in 1918, but his unit didn't get didn't come home until 1919. Mm. I, I, I don't want to talk about that really, but but that's I don't know. He didn't have too much time for sugar or, or yeah, or, or rushing, anything yeah. else or, yeah. or, or whatever else. So we, we, it's not that we're kind of idle and we got we should be worried about more important things. We have access to so much more now. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the problem. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but but then but then like other countries have similar access, and I feel as a nation, the UK in particular, England has has, has rather a big alcohol dependency. Mm. Yeah, quite quite possibly. I mean, it's sort of I don't I haven't seen the latest stats, but I mean Russia's pretty pretty hard, oh, with hard, the vodka. hardcore. Yeah, we had um, we had three books in the top ten bestsellers in Russia. Not so long ago, mm. we were outselling Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> in, we two smoking books and one alcohol book. Mm. Um, but, um, but I mean, there, there is a, a loss of control in terms of gambling. I mean, you used to, you know, as a kid, you, you, the only way you could gamble um, was amongst your friends. Uh, you would never get served in a bookie. So there was mm. only a bookie's. Each town had a few bookies, I suppose. But they were kind of yeah, scary yeah. sort of places yeah. that you. Uh, the first you time were we went in a bookie, cloud of smoke, wouldn't you? Yeah, but now it's so it's completely accessible. Mm. When I was going out doing my sort of heavy partying as a youngster, you know, you get kicked out of the pub at half past ten or eleven o'clock mm. at night. Uh, then, then you got a bit older, you could go to a nightclub, but even those would close at two something like that mm. so it's it's to do with i think yeah, accessibility sure. and this culture of this you know we are uh, i think as a nation fun loving people and if you're going to have fun have a lot of it mm. so if we see that that you know drinking or smoking or whatever else that's where we're getting our fun we do as much as it as, as, as we possibly can mm. okay so the i guess these books are at the other end of the scale really aren't they they are people that have kind of got to that point where they're like right i want to i want to knock this on the head yeah you can't really pick one of these up well apart from the smartphone and dumb phone and kind of go okay i'm going to learn to have more moderation and regulation because it yeah. feels like smoking was definitely that is your last cigarette yeah drinking is you won't drink again yeah smartphone dumb phone is here is how to moderate so it's, it's a lot of pivoting you've had to do as a, as a yeah. business yeah sounds a bit. yeah uh, this, what, sorry, what's the like? How, how can like how easy is it to make a new book on a new subject? So how adaptable is the method just to different different subjects? I mean, I see your name as well on that one. Does that mean that you're the author of that? Yeah, co-author. I, don't, I'm, I hate it. I've got to be honest because I um, I didn't know anything about addiction until I met Alan Carr, and it's nothing to do with me. It's mm. all his method. So if I, if you like, I, I I can edit it to apply it to lots of different things. Um, but the credit is all Allen's and their um, pressure from publishers, particularly international ones, who sort of saying, well, with Alan having passed away Especially so long ago, films, yeah. you can't bring, you can't bring this stuff out without without someone else's name on it. So very reluctantly it's there. Um, um, but I forgot what the question was there. But in terms of how difficult is it to apply it to different things, it's, um, it's challenging. So um, the first... We did it with alcohol. That was okay. Fear of flying was an odd one. I mean, that's, that, that was kind of a, quite a tame one. There's, <laughs> there's so far there's three books I want to read. Well, I really, yeah, I'm really, well, I'm in your target market. Yeah, I hate it at the moment. Yeah, really? that's a, yeah another, another. Well, I was fine with flying for years. I didn't have a problem with it. As I got older and older, I got that's, that's what worse I'm and worse. And I, I literally yeah. took my wife to Paris on Valentine's trip, and it was the first time we'd flown together, and she couldn't believe what she was seeing because I, mm. I was, you know. Just hanging on to the, yeah. the the chair sort of thing. And, uh, well, is that still now? Uh, no, I'm fine now. Oh, because you read the book? Yeah, well, that sounds really bad, doesn't it? But, yeah, 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 um, but it, So uh, do you apply all of these books then to your life? No, no. I mean, um, by chance. The, the Fear of Flying book was... Um, I was I was quite sceptical about that as well. And I thought, oh, come on, Adam, what's going on here? You know, anyway, I read it, I was nicely surprised I did fly but I just really really didn't enjoy it okay because um, global you said like all the 
offices and stuff that you had to look yeah. after. That must be quite hard. Yeah, yeah, no. So there's, um, and I, you know, I don't really have a problem with it now. I think it's kind of a, it's a, it's a funny one flying. You you, you accept you, there's actually a very logical fear of it. There's nothing illogical about no, it. You're no. miles. Yeah. Up there and it does, doesn't make sense. You've got no control. It's horrible, you know. But but as long as you long as you um, you follow the logic of the book, it, I mean, it's fabulous. It's really good. We got we 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 produced nice, easy sort of online video programs for these. I mean, I'm not a great reader. I hate reading. Right. Being honest, I listen to a book or I would like would like to watch stuff or whatever, mm. um, and that that's great. Um, the the first one I tackled on my own was caffeine. Because it was just low risk, and I thought, well, I want to see how this goes. Um, I don't think caffeine ruins too many people's lives or whatever, but let, let's give it a go. And it it was great. It was like I'd done that, done that, and we gambling was incredible. Mm. So I think that's that the first one didn't involve actually putting a drug into your body. So yeah. this is all to do with natural stuff going on inside yeah. as a result of you know unnatural stimulus, and it's. Um, it takes a long time to just kind of crack it, if you know what I mean. But it's, it's the difference between when when does sport stop being sport and become gambling? And this is a a line that's crossed all the time now. But in our childhood, it's it's the, the moment that you I'll race you to that lamppost mm. just for the pleasure and joy of beating you. Mm. And if I lose, well, I'll race you again to first one the lamppost gets a quid. Mm. That's when you know victory and defeat change, yeah. there's more jeopardy involved, um, less fun. Wow, yeah, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's where you know people fall over the, the edge into this gambling thing. So that, that that was a real pleasure to do that. And I, I knew someone in particular, a really good friend whose husband had lost everything um, through gambling. So that was a real labour of love. Wow. But uh, it takes a lot. I mean, I. Um, I like how you put that and how you how one falls into a gambling trap, you know, reason for a quid to lamppost. Because that's the line, isn't it, when the fun stops, stop. Would you say that gambling authorities have taken on your way better than nicotine and cigarette authorities have done? No, I mean, gambler aware haven't replied to any of my no. approaches. Oh, really? Uh, and when the fun stops, stop. If you look at that, I mean, you probably know this already, but if you look at that, what's the word that... Fun. Stands out. When is gambling ever really fun? fun? It's yeah. like it's only fun. if you win, they, if it's they fun. They put the word fun in lights, glitter, yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, all you, in their own sort of warning, the only thing anyone really sees is fun. Yeah. It's kind of evil, really. Uh, when a book's, so how do you know you've got a, a banger, so to speak? How do you know, <laughs> how do you know your book's going to, you know, that's going to work for people? What, how, do you have to do focus groups? Or, yeah, no, or that's, a that great, that's a great question. It's, um, it's, um, a bit like putting a puzzle together. Once you've once you've got the full picture, it's mm. it's there. You know, I'm really looking forward to right sort of working on the next generation of this stuff. So we can say, okay, what what what, what do we need to update? What you know, now now we well now we've nailed it. It's there, and the feedback we get is pretty pretty quick. And I'm really lucky, as I say, that we've got um, a brilliant team of therapists, sort of worldwide, but particularly in London, um, Chris Hay. And Colleen Dwyer been with us forever, and um, you know they're 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 great to talk things through with and, and compare notes. Colleen is looking after the, most of the online video programs, so she's just finished the tech addiction one, I think, um, and just about to start the uh, basic nicotine, the vaping 
program, particularly for the USA, because I say the website's getting all these hits for quit vaping. Mm. Um, so we thought we'd better do something bespoke for that. So, uh, um, so yeah, there's the, uh, generally the amount of time it takes to produce the stuff and to to, to get it out there to get it out there. We're really on, on time for focus groups or whatever, but sure. we, I mean. I wouldn't dare let anything go out unless it was going to do the job. Yeah, uh, it was going to bang. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that. that. Or obviously the bang. I'm quite intrigued about Alan himself, so obviously Mm. you must have known him personally. What was he like then as a person? He's obviously like a a legend. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, hello. (laughs) He, uh, he's just a, there was never a dull moment. He didn't suffer fools gladly at all. Um, But he, and he didn't, but he didn't like yes men. So he, you know, if, if you disagree with him, uh, he wanted you to disagree with him. Most of the time he was right. <laughs> but, uh, mm. um, but he, no, he had a, a way of uh, um, holding people's attention yeah. over in anything he spoke about, anything he talked about, he could be interesting. So was he a psychologist? But how no, did he get into all of this? He was an accountant. Wow. chartered accountant and his story um well my I should say my story is very similar to his he he was a 60 a day smoker 70 day smoker and tried every method to quit and then stumbled across this kind of way of stubbing out the final cigarette and that, and then it, what had been so difficult for him up until that point became easy and um he uh, he said to his wife Joyce he's, he's still with us I'm going to cure the world of smoking thought look, I mean, really that was a sort of shining light on the road to Damascus moment. It's a great vision. So, mm. Yeah, but he was a local guy. He was born and bred in Fulham back in the day when oh, Fulham, wow. Fulham wasn't quite as nice as it is now. <laughs> Apparently, you got uh, people uh, pompous uh, like Ollie living in there. I noticed you, um, yeah. you mentioning that. <laughs> um, and he uh, he was FD at a business around the corner from this studio. Uh, uh, trying toys, I think, were there. That did uh, um, So he was very successful. Um, and... Um, it really, really was the, the phenomenal success of the book. Uh, the the, the centres, the seminars were going so well, he actually wrote the book because he couldn't see them, as many people as he wanted to come and see him. Right. Uh, and every, everyone thought he was mad, including Joyce. Bless her, she admits this herself. Mm-hmm. And she says, why would someone want to pay you, whatever it was at the time, 50 quid, um, uh, to see you if they can just read your book for pound ninety nine or whatever it was? Um and that was a really pivotal moment in the, uh, the the history of addiction, in my view. He just said, no, let's do it. Because he, he was seeing groups of smokers and he, he wasn't surrounded by people like I am now. It was right in there at the beginning. beginning. Um, the book was picked up by the media. Penguin took it on really quickly and some 15 million copies since. Since then. Mm. Jesus Christ. So he's just an obvious... Uh, was it? Was there? A, there was awful rumours going round at the end. That apparently, he smoked at the end of his life. Or yeah. No. No. Well. Yeah. No. There was. Um, God, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, Chris Evans <laughs> said something on his breakfast show right. years ago. This is probably uh, early 2000s. He mm. he said something like uh, Alan Carr, the stop smoking guy. He smokes. And I was like, Oh, really? I don't know where he got it from? <laughs> he, uh, he settled out of court. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, it's uh, very damaging, though. That is yeah. huge. That's yeah. like his yeah. whole name, his, his whole career. You're saying he's still smoking. That's what the lawyers thought as well. <laughs> it was the easiest um, six-figure sum we've ever earned in history. Really? So, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, no it was one of those kind of um, 
ironies, isn't it? It's sort of like the guy who invented jogging had a heart attack yeah. while he was jogging. The guy, what are those things called, the wheelie things, he, he tragically reversed back off a cliff by accident. Didn't he? The, uh, right. Um, but no, I think it was it was urban myth. Uh, okay, but, fine. Uh, no truth to it. To dive back into there. just another question that was on my mind earlier, I forgot about it. So I know a few people that have actually gone, they've quit smoking, and my brother was actually, he still suffers with it now, but he didn't smoke for like three years. But then he had that one cigarette, mm. and I think that's apparently you know pivotal to starting again. Why is that? Why is it that just having one? Because I I often think, what happens now if I just have a cigarette at a party? But I have tried that before, and I ended up starting again, so I know what will happen. But why is it that just one cigarette can undo like years of yeah, I mean, change? It's a, it's a combination of the addiction and the psychology. So regardless of what method you used, whether you used will, willpower, hanging on for grim life, or Alan Carr's easy way, that one puff or one cigarette, the, the, the highly addictive drug nicotine back into your body, but more dangerously up here, your brain says, you do need me. Mm. You said you didn't, but you do. And then generally people either go straight back to smoking straight away or they leave it what they consider to be a safe period of time, a week or two weeks or whatever, and they think, I got away with it. I had a cigarette in the other night. I yes. can have the occasion. That's so exactly they have another one. <laughs> yeah. And the gaps get closer and closer together. And then, uh, yeah. The way they, the way they go. So it's, it's um, the answer is if, if you, I mean, some addictions are really easy to relate this stuff to. So you wouldn't be surprised if a heroin addict had one shot of heroin, mm. but are going to go straight back to square one, you know. Same with Coke or whatever else. So, um, yeah, didn't I answer your question? Yeah. Uh, it's made me want a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, dear. That me. does happen in the, in the smoking uh, day. Yeah, no, I'm you, good. And trust me, you don't, because when you have it, it's one of the things they say the on the... Smell, I, the smell is the killer for oh, me now. Oh, rank When I smell... What, you know, I don't want to be pushing this down people's throat, but when I smell a smoker come into my space... Oh, yeah, not nice. I just hate it. Awful. At the airport the other day, I was coming back from... Um, we stopped off at Doha in Qatar... And that room, the smoking room that still exists oh, in the airport, yeah. I was so far away. I could just walk in, like, like very far away from it, and I could smell it, like as if I was in there. Oh, it's in the smoke. I remember room. going in those rooms with like a pint. <laughs> so bad. Oh my god! Just being in there, like the chain thought, smoking cigarettes. My thought was, like, if I actually had to sit next to one of those people that had been in there on the flight, I would be fuming. <laughs> well, that's, uh, uh, it's you do end up going that way. I mean, we're. Doing what we do, we, we, we I think it helps us kind of retain every ounce of empathy we have for mm. seeing the addiction every day. You sort of, yeah, the smell's the least of the problems, really. Mm. Um, it's, it's what it does to you. And um, I think we were talking earlier about years and years ago, I was on a, a flight to Australia and, and checked in too late to get in the smoking section. That's how long ago it was. And spent the whole flight out there. Uh, not being able to smoke up unless I could get into the smoking area and have one there. So on the way back, three three weeks later, I was best man at my best mate's wedding, married an Australian girl. On the way back, I was the first person who checked in on the flight. Yes. And bless her, this old lady um, had done the reverse problem I had. She checked in too late and only a smoking seat was... <laughs> It was available for her flight. Unfortunately for her, it was next to me. Mm. Oh, no. And I'm, I'll probably blush now if I talk about it. I'm ashamed of myself because really? I smoked 
a whole flight home. She's probably not with us, uh, and you yeah. played a part in that. <laughs> Bless her, she was. No, she was probably. She had a scarf over, and it's oh, quite no. clear how unpleasant she was. Well, you just blowing oh, in her like, face. Yeah. Sorry about this, love. Well, no, it was, it was just like in the smoking that's section. Your problem, but that's your problem, love. That's that's the way. That's what smoking did to me. Maybe yeah. complete. Yeah. Awesome. It's amazing. It's demonic. Into the yeah, yeah demonic is a good word. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so much. It's been it's been lovely having a chat with you. I think oh, um, we, we, I think I'm excited to. Have a read of your smartphone, dumb phone. Book. It's emotional um, eating for me to take. Yeah, I would love yeah. to take that yeah. and then and then uh, report back. We will report back on these books. And uh, we'll which one are you going in. for? Dumb phone. I think I'll go for smartphone, dumb phone. Um, I'm pretty which okay one? with sugar at the moment, although I do like the old. Uh, we need to give uh, oh, that one. Pooch needs that one really. The smartphone. Oh, yeah, dumb we phone. Should, do you know what? It's annoying that he's not here today because he always bangs on about this on the podcast. He's eight hours screen time. He's he reported. Eight hours. I'm on four hours. He's on eight hours. Wow. And I use it a lot. So to think double that, ten hours. I think you talked about. Potentially. I mean, that's we're hanging about to dry here. Yeah, we are. But just that's a lot of time. That is a lot of time on your phone. Got a lot of love for Pooch. He's going to be fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if he wants to look at the online video program, that's the easiest way to, okay. to do it. He's got an attention span of a goldfish. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Colleen stars in that. So uh, okay. Colleen had talked to him on, on that. And uh, okay. um, I think it takes about, can I think you, it's two and a half hours or something. Can she say, like, is it custom with the name? So it's no, Hello Pooch. Not, not yet. That's no. the second the second generation of products. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. oh okay. Nice. Nice. You loop back in. <laughs> Well, mate, thank you so much, John. It's been a, a real pleasure getting to know you, sir. No, you too. And uh, this will be out with you, I hope, in the next week or so. And Thanks. yeah, so if anyone wants to quit one of these vices, what what should they do? Where, where's the Alan Carr centres? Or uh, AlanCarr.com, best place yeah. to go. Um, we're all over the UK, and um, 35 centres in the UK, wow. and uh, 150 cities worldwide in 50 different countries. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. And which ones are physical? So you've got alcohol and smoking? Uh, alcohol, smoking, um, uh, um, cannabis, cocaine, heroin, prescription drugs, heroin, all in London. Um, and I said the technology bit, we're doing these whether one's one or in groups mm. and then all there's... over the world now. So we're helping people in New York. Amazing. Up north, you've got Greg's, Greg's yeah. Centre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick. <laughs> that doesn't exist in case you are addicted okay. to sausage rolls or no. Christmas pops. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at the Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.